new day, new beginning. Sankaras of memory and of recall who I am and what my life is are assembling and we have a, a particularly good opportunity to move out of the shadow of yesterday. There's a French poet named Yves Bonnefoy and his, one of his works is called Hier Régnant Désert meaning the rain, yesterday's rain the desert of yesterday's rain so let us move out of the desert of yesterday's rain when yesterday rains there our life is always in some way deserted So, moving out of the shadow of yesterday means I have to risk something. Risk not knowing. Risk being a beginner. Risk not having the expertise I may have accumulated in many hours, many years of my life in a particular field. So we have to park what we know. We have to park what we're skilled in. We have to park everything we have figured out and humbly start a relationship with that presently arisen (coughs) now. A body and its sensations, its posture, its spaces, a mind with its movements, its climate, its content, its images, its impulses, this is the meditative skit and the breath which connects the two a beautiful breath which is the messenger between the two if the body is still then the breathing becomes more and more smooth more quiet more effortless If the mind's attention rests on the sensations of the breathing, when the breathing becomes more still, then the mind becomes more still. This is the linchpin of all Buddhist meditation practice, that we can modulate the mind by attending to things that suggest to the mind a quality of clarity, of stillness, of gentleness. But the strange thing is, however often you have done this, you'll need to keep at the beginning. It is like yoga, however good you are. If you're waking up in the morning, your body is more stiff. Your joints are not as flexible. Your ligaments are not as dexterous. Your muscles are shortened. So you, however good you are, you will have to start at the beginning. Relax find comfort and discomfort, be willing to be patient with that body. Now if you're not patient with the body, you're really going to be in trouble with your heart, because your heart is even more slow than the body. If you take the mind's position, this is the most impatient part, 
then the heart is even more slow than the body. The heart doesn't easily let go of things, and it doesn't easily learn things. It likes to enjoy things. It's afraid of things it doesn't know. It wants safety and knows it doesn't get it. So what do you do with something that is a mixture of resistant and anxious and attached? You coax it, you gentle, you prod, you ask, you encourage, you comfort, you challenge. And the mixture of it, you need to learn. Now once you learn that, that heart grows into something beautiful. Like a kid grows into something beautiful that begins to understand things. And once you learn to trust this a little bit, that heart is intuitive. It sees things. It connects with things. Your mind doesn't easily connect. Or your mind says, yeah, 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 I know. But your heart actually feels. So we sit down humbly every time when we sit down and we begin afresh, moving out of the shadows of yesterday, trusting that however confused, however constricted, however dark, however bored, however snooty we may feel, that if we stay with that for a moment and bring up wholehearted mindfulness to it that this will change that this will that there will be a denouement that there will be an opening that we can soften into this there is a transformation taking place a deep liberating heart releasing transformation now this is not reasonable believe me reason will not get us out Every growth is unreasonable. Every step of learning is accompanied with feelings I'll never get that. This is something I will never understand. Why should this be ever different in the way I know it? That which we know seems so much more plausible than that which we have not yet understood. So reason would say, no, it doesn't work. I tried it, it just doesn't work. Look, it's after 30 years, it's still the same. But you know, children learn. They fall down, they fall down, they fall down. They don't say, okay, <coughs> sorry, I've tried it, you know. I've tried crawling, I've tried getting on my legs, I've tried walking along walls, I've had your help. I keep falling on my bum after a few steps. I, I think I just give up. I think I just, you know, I continue crawling. You guys are walk, but I've decided that for me this is crawling. I have empirical proof it doesn't work. I've tried it a hundred times and I've fallen more than a hundred times. No kid ever does this. They get up once more and then they fall down and... Lo and behold, after a while they walk. 
some of them before two years, some of them much, much later. And yet, you know, all of us walk against experience, against reason, against empirical evidence we have learned. This is how learning takes place. It's always unrealistic. It seems utopian. So we go back, humbly, move out of our shadows, acknowledge that this is a new situation, a new moment, a new opportunity. And we connect with that which has arisen. Connect with the body. Connect with the heart. Connect with the mind in its world. And see whether there is a space. See whether there is a stillness. See whether in the midst of thought and image There is a space that opens up in a timeless, welcoming way. Tuning into channel one, the body. What is it, what it feels right now? How big is this body space? How variegated are the sensations I find in there? Is it inhabitable? Can I go to these places in the body and live from there for a moment? Breathe into a thigh. Move underneath the shoulder blade. Go and find out how it is to be in my belly. Can I do that? Just go there, inhabit, breathe into it. And feel how, how it feels when one is there. Change to channel two. Do I like what happens here? Is there something that is comfortable in the body? Is there something that is uncomfortable in the body? Is there something pleasant in my experience right now? Is there something unpleasant? <coughs> they do not mutually exclude each other, be aware. You, know? you may have a pain in your knee and your belly still may feel wonderfully warm. Channel 3, what's going on in my emotional corner? What mood is this? Am I awake? Is there mindfulness? Is there something I can enjoy here? Is this sad? Euphoric, bored, despondent, serene, <coughs> curious, happy. Finally, Channel 4. Let's have a look at some of the thoughts. Just look at them. Don't believe them, don't think them out loud. Don't talk to them, just look at them. What do they say? Are they fast or slow? Are they edgy 
or sort of meandering? What kind of hum do they give off? Was it a low drone, or subrenal grumble, or more kind of a twittering kind of pitch? Images, are there images? Is it bright or dark? Are there textures? Are there things coming up? Again, we watch this stuff rather than believe it, rather than engage with it. Which is kind of acknowledging, hmm. So, this is the setting of the scene. And then let us return to the familiarity of the breath the familiarity of the sensations connected to it and allow the mind to find the sweetness of stilling itself sweetness of finding stillness in the midst of movement in the midst of activity feeling the movement of your chest the widening the relaxation And like, like a boat that lies anchored in a big surf, surf comes and goes. The boat moves a little up and moves a little down. But it is anchored with a beautiful cord of breath. And it doesn't, it doesn't drift away. On the boat, at the surface, moves up and down. We gradually allow ourselves to to go, follow that cord, that anchor cord of the breath down to the ground of things, where things become clear under the surface, where the movement is quickly no longer felt. It becomes calm, and we can connect with things as they truly are underneath the surface gently following the anchor cord of our breath onto the ground of things as they are 